Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vasadi Gora Bhakta Vinda Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vasadi Gaur Bhaktavinda Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Jaya Jai Prabhupada, 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 Jai Prabhupada. Jai Vishupada, Pramhamsa Parija Kacharya, Sotar Sada Sri Srimad. Abhay Chanar Vinde Bhaktivedanta Swami Shri Bhopada Ki Jayam Vishupad Paramhamsa Parijakacharya Stodara Sada Sri Srimad Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur Shri Bhopada Ki Grantaraj Shri Mad Bhagavatam Ki Jai Nitai Gaur Pramanande So we're reading from Shri Mad Bhagavatam Canto 7, Chapter 9 Prahlad pacifies the Lord with prayers. Verse, text 17. 
दुखौषधम तदुखम अतदियाहम भूमन ब्रमामी वदमे तव दास्योगम यस्मा प्रियोग संयोग जन्म शोकाग्निनाशकलोनिशुदन दुखौषदम तदपि दुखम भूमन ब्रमामी वदमे तव दास्योगम यस्मात्ियजन्म शोकाग्निनाशकलोनिशुदुषम तदपि दुखम अतदियाहम भूमन ब्रमामी वदमे तव दास्योगम मातरीस यस्मात्ियाजन्मशोकाग्निनाशकलोनिशुदीयम ब्रमादेदास्योगम 
But what translation? Yasmat? Because of which? Because of existing in the material world. Priya, pleasing. Apriya, not pleasing. Vi yoga, by separation. Sam yoga, and combination. Janma, whose birth. Shoka agnina, by the fire of lamentation. Sakale yonishu. In any type of body. Dahya manaha. Being burned. Dukha aushadam. Remedial measures for, for miserable life. Tat. That. Api. Also. Dukham. Suffering. Atat dhya. By accepting the body as the self. Aham, I, Bhuman, O Great One, Brahmami, am wandering within the cycle of birth and death. Vada, kindly instruct, me, unto me, Tava, your, Dasya Yogam, activities of service. Translation. O Great One, O Supreme Lord, because of combination with pleasing and displeasing circumstances and because of separation from them, one is placed in a most regrettable position within heavenly or hellish planets, as if burning in a fire of lamentation. Although <clears throat> there are many remedies by which to get out of miserable life, any such remedies in the material world are more miserable than the miseries themselves. Therefore, I think that the only remedy to engage is to engage in your service. Kindly instruct me in such service. Purport. <clears throat> Prahlad Maharaj aspired to engage in the service of the lotus feet of the Lord. After the death of his father, who was materially very opulent, Prahlad would have inherited his father's property which extended throughout the world. But Prahlad Maharaj was not inclined to accept such material opulence. For whether one is in the heavenly or hellish planets, or is a rich or a poor man's son, material conditions are everywhere. Therefore, no condition of life is at all pleasing. If one wants the uncontaminated pleasure of blissful life, he must engage himself in the transcendental loving service of the Lord. Material opulence may be somewhat pleasing for the time being, but to come to that temporary pleasing condition, one must work extremely hard. When a poor man is rich, he may be better situated, but to come to that position, he had to accept many miseries. The fact is that in material life, 
whether one is a miserable or happy, both conditions are miserable. If one actually wants happy, blissful life, one must become Krishna conscious and constantly engage in the transcendental loving service of the Lord. That is the real remedy. The entire world is under the illusion that people will be happy by advancing in materialistic measures to counteract the miseries of uh, conditional life. But this attempt will never be successful. Humanity must be trained to engage in the transcendental loving service of the Lord. That is the purpose of the Krishna Consciousness Movement. There can be no happiness in changing one's material conditions, for everywhere there is trouble and misery. Aum Agyanati Mirandasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shrivasadi Gora Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna. <coughs> Just taking the blessings of all the devotees present to be able to say something that's relevant and inspiring. So we're going through the Prahlad Maharaj's prayers to Narsimadev. And uh, <coughs> this couple of verses ago is where Prahlad Maharaj is explaining how he is not he is not fearful of the form of Narsimadev, which is a very fearful form. So all the demigods are afraid, even Lakshmi Devi herself is afraid. But Prahlad Maharaj is saying, I'm not afraid. Just like the, lion, uh, the cubs are not afraid of the lion, or the lion is very fearful. Or just like the sea, which is very dreadful, for the fishes is not very scary. So <clears throat> similarly, Prahlad Maharaj, who is a pure devotee of the Lord, he is not afraid of the Lord. And um, just like when you go to Mayapur and you have the deity of Narsimadev, and he's actually quite fearful for many. But when the devotees go there, and many times when the kids go there, and it's not very fearful. You know, it, it's, it's, very, it's very pleasing. You almost, you feel protected, you feel safe in that. So, <clears throat> so Prahlad Maharaj is not afraid of that. But then Prahlad Maharaj is saying, then what is he fearful of, if not that? So he is fearful of the material existence, um, which produces an aversion towards the Supreme Lord. So he's saying in the 16th verse where he says that, <clears throat> that I'm afraid of intolerable, <clears throat> repeated cycle of birth and death of the material association, which will bind me to my previous reactions. So therefore, when will you call me for the shelter? Now the Lord may say, then, you know, why do you want my shelter? You can enjoy all the happiness. You know, your, your father, you know, is just like if someone has a very rich father who may own many properties and big bank balance and everything. And when the father passes away, the son inherits everything. So, Lord is saying that, you know, 
Lord might say, you know, why do you need to take my shelter? You know, you have all, everything available. All inheritance is coming to you. Your father is gone and it's all yours now. But Prahlad Maharaj is very, um, very, very philosophical. He's explaining how he doesn't want that. He, that, that happiness of material accumulation is what he doesn't want. Yasmat Priya Priya Viyoga Samyoga Janma saying that the, this material existence, <clears throat> we are always experiencing the pleasing and the displeasing circumstances. We are constantly oscillating between the two. <clears throat> so sometimes it's just like the, the kids play with the yo-yo. It goes up and down. So it's like that. So our life is like that. Sometimes it's down, sometimes it's up. Sometimes it's down, sometimes it's up. Sometimes we're happy, sometimes we're not happy. Sometimes circumstances are good and favorable, sometimes they're not favorable. And we are constantly juggling and we are constantly trying somehow to avoid all the unfavorable circumstances and trying to create the favorable circumstances. Every time when there's cold, you turn on the heater, you put the jacket, somehow try to get warm. When it gets too warm, turn on the fan, turn on the aircon, prepare good food, learn good food, so you don't have to stay hungry. So there's always these preparations going on <clears throat> in our mind, in our life, so we can avoid the unpleasant circumstances and we can somehow be comfortable. And not just that, Yasmat Priya Priya means Priya and Apriya. We have the friends and we have the enemies. The friends are the people who glorify us, who say the good things about us and who help us in our own goals, in our own aspirations in life. And enemies are the ones who don't help us in our goals, who try to obstruct, who don't glorify us, who criticize us. They are our enemies. So because of that, <coughs> a, a conditioned living entity is always judging everyone based on that. Is he my friend or is he my enemy? And he's always judging that, and he's always trying to avoid the enemies and stay around with the friends where he can feel good. So in that way, we, that's our life. That can be the life of most of the conditioned material living entities, that we are always trying to seek a comfortable situation where we can be living. But then what is the result? Shokagnina shakala yonishu dahyamana. Prahlad Maharaj is saying, I'm suffering in every form of life. Although I'm trying, I'm always trying to somehow or other create these favorable circumstances and situation, I'm always burning in this fire of lamentation and frustration. It's a constant suffering, it's a constant struggle for existence. And Prabhupada in the purport explains something very interesting <clears throat> that when a poor man is rich, he may be better situated, but to come to that position, he had to accept many miseries. <clears throat> we see many success stories of many people from rags to riches, and uh, they make the, always they make the bestseller books. People always like to read about them, you know, how he was just a, a fuel station guy who was serving in some restaurant, who was doing some cleaning thing, and then now look at where is he, you know, and then everyone wants to hear from them. What did you do? How did you become successful? <clears throat> but Prabhupada is putting it quite bluntly, and he's saying, 
that whatever the formula may be, there is a lot of struggle and there is a lot of misery and suffering. But you may say, or one may say, that okay, well, struggle is there everywhere. Everyone has to struggle anyway. After all, it at least ended good. Now it's rich. So now at least life is good. But here is a <clears throat> material opulence, maybe somewhat pleasing for the time being, but to, count, um, but to come to that temporary pleasing condition, one must work very hard, extremely hard. <clears throat> so to get to that position is very hard, so you have to put a lot of effort, but then to maintain that position is also very hard. So it's not that once you are successful and rich, that you can be now peaceful, no. The, to maintain that status quo is even more hard, is actually harder. <clears throat> and a lot of people struggle because when you get to that position, when you become successful, it's, it's not very busy there, it's quite lonely. You know, you're, you're successful and you're in one of those elites, it's a struggle. Even if you say, okay, I have a very nice and comfortable life, well, still to maintain that comfort, one has to continue to work. And there is a lot of, lot of struggle. So there is very little pleasure that you get out of it. People who are working very hard to get a good big house, they hardly get to live in that because they have to work very hard. And usually it's not just one person, sometimes one person, two people, everyone has to work in the family. So then finally no one really gets to enjoy the living in the house. And, um, and when you have worked whole life very hard, then at the end of your life, if you have to sit down at home, it will not work also. So still you have to do something. <clears throat> so in that way, you can see there is a constant struggle for existence. And there is, in that way, Prahlad Maharaj is saying this, we are always burning in this fire of lamentation. There is no real satisfaction. There is no real peace of mind. <clears throat> also there was something very interesting. Um, I was listening to one of the talks recently and the speaker was mentioning how even if you have had the best of the times, even if you had the best of the life, eventually everything must be gone. But if you have lived the best of your life, then when that is gone, it's the worst that you would feel. So the better your life have been, the worse you would feel when you lose that. Make sense? So for example, uh, he was mentioning the example of one of his family member um, and um, her husband passed away after having uh, 40 years of very successful family life. And, uh, <clears throat> and so this lady, this person was lamenting and was miserable, was, was lamenting very hard and this, this devotee was mentioning that why are you lamenting so much? You know, you should say how so many years of, of happy life you had. But, but because they had such a good life for so long, now that you don't have it, the suffering is even more. So when you, had a, when you have the best of your life, when you lose it, then you have the worst of your times. So in that way we can see this, it's, it's always frustration. And it's frustration in all species of life. Not just in one, but in all species of life. So therefore there is a constant <coughs> struggle. So therefore Prahlad, when, therefore Prahlad Maharaj is saying that actually any condition of material life, actually it's not pleasing. And so therefore, Prabhupada says here, it's very interesting, 
Prabhupada is saying, the good, uh, the good condition or the bad condition? I think he says somewhere in the, in, the, in the beginning of the paragraph, I can't find it right now. But where he says that the good condition or the bad condition, actually both are bad. With a good condition also there is a lot of problems because even when the conditions are good, there are still so many problems that one has to go through in one's own body and mind, in one's own, you know, people create the problems, the nature will create the problems. So one will have the struggle for existence regardless of whether you are in a good condition or a bad condition. And so therefore, we might think that, oh, it's, I'm suffering because of this person or I'm suffering because of this situation. But is that once it's sorted, then I'll be fine. And it never gets to that point because actual suffering is coming from somewhere else. <clears throat> so therefore, so what is Prahlad Maharaj is then saying? Dukhoshadam tad api dukham atad dhyanam That the remedies for material miseries are more miserable than the miseries themselves. Someone is sick and they get a medicine and the medicine makes that person more sick. So this is the situation of the material solutions. <clears throat> a lot of material solutions, they often create bigger problems. We have a lot of devotees and we have examples of many devotees. They have their health crisis or problems and they went to the doctors and instead of fixing the problem, they created bigger problem. So now they have to deal with two problems. The one that they originally had and now the one that doctors created or the medicine created. Many times people go for surgery and the surgeon stitches the wrong leg <laughs> or operates the wrong part and it's a bigger problem. <clears throat> Actually, in the, in the World War II, you know, the, the UK, US and Canada, they had, a, they had a very secret project where they thought, okay, this world war is going too long and it's taking too much of our resources. Let's finish it off. So what is the solution? Create an atom bomb. Throw it on Japan. Japan will have to surrender and the World War II is finished. Solved. Problem solved. So they threw two of the atomic bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. What was the result? The World War II ended. The Japan surrendered, but the effect that was there, there was an immediate effect of hundreds and thousands of people died in a second. <clears throat> there was a delayed effect of the radiation which went for, which, which affected thousands of people and went on for years and years. But also, now the other countries started to notice that, oh, nuclear armaments is good. You know, if we have these nuclear weapons, then our country also will feel strong. So then they started investing in the nuclear bombs. And now, we have so much of nuclear bombs that, how, how many times we can wipe out the planet? 20 times. We can wipe out the entire planet for 20 times. That's how much of nuclear armaments we have. The original solution was to just finish a World War II but now it has created so many cold wars, so many problems because of that. There are so many times when um, in ecology, you know, sometimes we think that all oh, the, the environmentalists, the ecologists, they're very 
intelligent people and that they're trying to solve the problems. But many times they introduce things that are completely catastrophic. And then uh, in Australia, actually, there is this a um, few decades ago, and there was this one bug that was creating problem for the sugar canes. And so they started, th that, that became an epidemic where the bugs started eating so much of sugar cane that there was a problem in the whole Australia. So what did the ecologist decided? We'll introduce this one toad, one toad, one cane toad, and that will eat the bug, problem solved. What happened? The bugs, the toad didn't eat the bugs. So the bugs remained there. The toad started multiplying. And those predators were trying to kill the, or eat the toads. They started becoming poisonous and dying. So it became so, so now you have two epidemics. <laughs> like that. <clears throat> I was talking to this one person and he was saying that, um, I was asking him, what are you going for the, where are you going for the weekend? is I'm going to go to the weekend to, um, he mentioned one of the species, one of the wildlife species, I'm just going to go and shoot them. He said, I'm just gonna go spend the weekend, let's just go around the farm, go around the whole forest, as many as I can see, I'll just have to shoot them down. I said, like, what kind of hobby is that? No, 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 it's not a hobby, he said, it's a government project. <laughs> I'm working for the government, I'm trying to kill the species. Why? Oh, because they're multiplying so much in numbers, they're going out of control. Okay. Uh, naturally, it should not happen. So, so I was just talking to him, and why is this happening like this? <clears throat> so after a few, little bit of discussion, he mentioned how the government had a project a few years ago where they wiped out one species thinking that it will solve one problem, but they were the predators to this species. So now the predators are gone, so the other species are increasing. So now they have to go around killing them. Now these species must be predated to someone else and again it will create a problem. So anyway, <clears throat> so in this way, we can see that our problems, you know, that our solutions can often create more bigger problems, isn't it? Um, <clears throat> many times when we are chanting our japa and we are trying to solve our problems, and we are thinking that, our whole two hours goes in, in planning the day and fixing our problem. What happens by the end of it? Either the chanting doesn't happen or chanting happens very bad. And then the struggle still continues. <laughs> so the problem is still there and now the japa is also not done. So it's a problem. Many times, many people, <clears throat> they're because of the stress or anxiety and they take, they take shelter of... Uh, of um, habits that are not very healthy. And that creates a problem too. Sometimes, <clears throat> I was meeting, I met this one person on book distribution one time, and I asked him, I gave him Bhagavad Gita, and he was happy to take it. And I said, okay, give some donations. I have nothing. I said, no, come on, everyone has something, you know, like you can give something. Give some donation. He said, no, no, no. He said, I am 50,000 in debt. I said, okay, well, that makes sense that you have nothing. So he said, but how did you end up in 50,000 debt? An Indian, young Indian fellow, I said, how did you end up in 50,000 debt? He said, uh, I came to Australia and uh, I just came to check out Crown Casino. So, spent some money, went, won the lottery. 
So now invested more than gone, money gone. He said, no, 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 I have to get that money back. Whatever money is gone, I have to get it back. So I invested again, that also gone. Invested again, that also gone. Borrowed the money, invested is at least get my money back. You know, I don't want to win a lottery. That borrowed money also gone. <coughs> so he's trying to create, <coughs> trying to solve his problem and just kept increasing. Problem, problem, more after more problem. A lot of time people, um, actually a lot of people get into intoxication or bad association when they're going through some distress or going through some hardships or going through some personal challenges. And they think that, oh yeah, this person is so cool. You know, he looks like he's having good time. You know, I'm suffering here alone. So let me go and enjoy with him. <clears throat> and that creates a bigger problem. So in that way, our solutions, our material solutions of all different kinds often leads us to some or other kind of problem. And in that way, our problems continue to increase. And not just for one lifetime, for many lifetimes. So then, so, and, and it's interesting because Prabhupada here is pointing it out very aptly. The entire world is under the illusion that people will be happy by advancing in materialistic measures to counteract the miseries of conditioned life. They're thinking, <clears throat> when we read these news articles, or when we read these titles, that we are coming closer to making people deathless, that you don't have to die, we'll make people immortal. We are close to solving some of the incurable diseases. <clears throat> And in that way, by seeing all this, by creating the AIs, we are going to be more faster, we are going to be able to um, solve the problems that we have never been able to. So like that, when we see all these things, it gives us that hope or it gives kind of this, creates this false hope or illusion that we are making advancement in our material life and by that advancement, our problems will be solved. And that eventually we are coming to more and more comfortable life. <clears throat> And there are many people that you meet, that, that I've met on the street, and they're convinced that we are making advancement and that actually problems are reducing. <clears throat> of course, they, I, was, I, was, I was talking to this one lady once on the books, and, and she was saying that all these books are not required. You know, you're just wasting your time, you're wasting our time. It's actually, the science is figuring things out. And, and, you know, you just latch on to that and you understand, it will solve all your problems. <clears throat> and I was trying to explain to her. But, you know, you can see that the society is becoming more and more chaotic. The relationships, people can't have meaningful relationships. People don't have meaningful life. People are so confused, lonely, more suicide than ever before. <clears throat> she couldn't take it. She couldn't understand. No, 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 that's not true. He said, now, more people are reporting that there is a problem. He said, actually, the more pro problem was more before, but now more people are reporting, that's why it looks like a problem is increased. <clears throat> but actually, it's not true. <clears throat> because even when we look at our, a few generations before, people lived, people ate fairly healthy food. People had time to peacefully sit down and eat. People had good relationships that lasted 
much longer than what they do now. <clears throat> People had some purpose or some meaning for life. So things were a little bit more in mode of goodness, but as you can see, the, the, the time is progressing. It's becoming more and more chaotic. And so many people and even so many devotees, they say it's so hard to concentrate now. You know, so hard to chant, focus, japa, to read and remember what we just read. <clears throat> so minds are becoming more and more confused, more and more distracted. <clears throat> so what is the solution Prahlad Maharaj is giving in the last line? Bhuman Brahmami Vadame Tavadasya Yogam. So I want to please instruct me. Therefore, I think that the only remedy is to engage in your service. Kindly instruct me in such service. <clears throat> that is the real remedy. The real solution is when one engages in Krishna consciousness. By practicing the pra process of Bhakti Yoga, one is actually solving all one's material problems for good. Otherwise, our one solution pushes down one problem and then something else pops up and then you push that down and something else pops up. <clears throat> and we are constantly just working on putting things down. But by practicing Krishna Consciousness, we are pro fixing all the problem altogether. That's where the real happiness is, as Prabhupada is also explaining the purport. And uh, <clears throat> that's where real satisfaction is. So, a lot of time, non-devotees accuse devotees for being escapists. We're running away from the problem. You know, <clears throat> you're not really trying your best to solve the problems materially. You know, you are just thinking that Krishna will solve it, your chanting will solve it, your Bhagavatam will solve it. Actually, you need to work hard and you need to try harder. And you know, you need to do more courses, learn more, get more certifications, get more experience, do more volunteering, you know, like that. So by that, you will flourish in your career. You will get more money. <clears throat> but actually, we can see that the real solution is, Prahlad Maharaj is, 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 has concluded that this is the real solution. This is what is actually going to work. <clears throat> so it's interesting, today is, the, today is also the day when Prabhupada took sannyas. And, uh, and it is interesting because Prabhupada went through a lot of, lot of struggles and uh, and when he, was, uh, when he was working, when he was doing his business, and Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur came in his dream and instructed him. That was in 1949. And he told, Bhakti Siddhanta told that you should take sannyas. And Prabhupada actually tells later, he said, I got scared. He said, Prabhupada is asking me to, my Guru Maharaj is asking me to take sannyas. But I have wife, I have kids. That time he had Prabhupada five kids. And he had a lot of responsibility. So he said, how can I leave them? And how can I just take a san how can I take sannyas? You know, that is not practical. How can I do this? <clears throat> so he somehow he avoided. He said, no, 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 I will not do this. One year later, again Prabhupada, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasri Thakur Prabhupada came in the dream and instructed Prabhupada, 
you should take sannyas and you should preach. Again, but Prabhupada said, no, but how can I do this? You know, I have, I have this service, I have this duty, I have responsibility towards my family. I have a business. And then if I need to preach in the West, I need to have enough money, I need to have, you know, enough preparation so then I can go in the West and then I can do. Otherwise, who will listen to a beggar, you know? If I don't have any money, if I don't have any followers, how will I do it? <clears throat> but how... What happened? All Prabhupada's business, although Prabhupada was very expert, Prabhupada was materially speaking also very expert in his field as a chemist um, and as a, as a businessman, also Prabhupada was very smart, but somehow all the businesses failed to the point where he had no money to pay, this, pay his employees <clears throat> And it took so long, and that he had not paid the employees or paid the rent, that he had to practically leave everything and just leave the place. And Prabhupada was struggling so much. <clears throat> and back in his mind, he had this, always this instruction back in his mind going that, is that what Krishna wants me to do? Is that what, what am I, should I just leave everything? And, and he wasn't very sure what he should do. And that's when um, um, this famous... Uh, uh, pastime happened where his wife decided to sell his commentary that he had written on the Bhagavad Gita. Prabhupada had written Bhagavad Gita's commentary in English and he was going to publish it. So he had the manuscripts ready. <clears throat> One time Prabhupada after uh, travel for the business purpose and he came back home and he was looking for the manuscript and he couldn't find it. And after looking for a while and he realized actually that his wife had sold it for some tea biscuits, because she was just so addicted to tea biscuits. And Prabhupada was very upset, and he went to, went to his wife, and he, and, he, and he just asked her, he said, you have to decide, tea or me? And she was busy eating the tea biscuits, and she, she just jokingly said, I, I think I'll go for tea, you know? And Prabhupada took it as indication, and he left. <coughs> Although he didn't take the sannyas immediately, but at that point he understood that, okay, now I need to start focusing on preaching. And he actually started um, helping out in Gaudiya Mart, trying to publish harmonists, and, uh, and there's a lot of struggle that he actually went through. But then finally, after a lot of struggle, then he had another dream after many years, and Bhakti Siddhanta came. And he said, "You haven't given up your family for so long. You, you know, you have given up all your responsibilities for so long. Now, why don't you take sannyas?" And that's when Prabhupada understood that yes, now I need to. And he approached one of his god brothers, and he took sannyas. And then at, <clears throat> that was interesting because in um, at his sannyas initiation. Kesha Bharti Maharaj, right? Oh no, Prabhupada's in Sanyas Guru? Bhakti, Bhakti, Bhakti Pragyan Kesha Maharaj, sorry. And, um, and Maharaj asked Prabhupada to give a class. And Prabhupada gave, Prabhupada gave an interesting class and he was mentioning that actually in Kali Yuga, Sanyas is prohibited. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu took Sanyas. My Guru Maharaj took sannyas and said, I am also taking sannyas. And all of them are taking sannyas for what? 
for the purpose of preaching. <coughs> so it's because of that <coughs> that we are taking on this mission. Although in Kali Yuga it's not recommended because a lot of people are misusing this title of sannyasi. So in that way, Prabhupada took sannyas and Prabhupada actually ventured onto his journey of uh, preaching in the West. And it's interesting because today also called Bhadra Purnima, which is the which is auspicious day when Bhagavatam was spoken. And it's um, it's also it's also the day <coughs> when Prabhupada left. So, um, so it's interesting because Prabhupada went through so much of struggle and Prabhupada had to wait so long to leave, to go to the West. And actually devotees explained that why did Prabhupada took so long? Why did it take so long to leave, to go to the West? You know, he could have just left much earlier. But one of the reasons why he waited so long was because the Bhagavatam had to be published. Because Prabhupada knew that if I went to the West and if I don't have any books, what is the basis of my preaching? Is I'm just speaking, but there is no authority. But then when we have Srimad Bhagavatam, it makes the entire preaching, entire movement very authentic. <coughs> so that's why Prabhupada waited for so many years. And finally, towards the towards the towards the end of '63, I think is when he had three sponsors, who sponsored the three individual parts of the first canto of Bhagavatam, Bhagavatam 1.1, 1.2, and 1.3. <coughs> and Prabhupada took them, and then he traveled to the west. And uh, and actually, it's interesting also. That when Prabhupada wanted to leave to go to the West, all the Vrajavasis, all the devotees in Vrindavan, they objected. They said, Prabhupada, how can you leave? How can you go to the West? You know, all the devotees in their old age, they come to retire in Vrindavan. And you are leaving at this age. He said, so, so, basic, so they did not, they said, you cannot go. He said, we will not allow you to go. They all stopped Prabhupada from going. So at that point, <coughs> Prabhupada said, is actually, he said, I am not going. He said, actually, it's the Bhagavatam that's going in the West. He said, I am just a, a carrier of the Bhagavatam, taking them to the West. So then the devotees approved. He said, okay, then you can go. <laughs> so it's very, very special. So it's also the Bhadra Purnima. And, uh, and uh, Prabhupada was very keen to bring these books to the West. And Prabhupada gave the instruction that I want these books to be in the house of every lady and gentleman. Now, when he made this instruction and he told all these devotees that, you know, you should go and you should take this Bhagavatam to every house and you should try and distribute them. So the devotees back then, at that time, <clears throat> so that time what was popular was uh, the Britannica Encyclopedia. And they were distributed far and wide, and uh, and then so they so they did a lot, so the devotees did, did a lot of research on book distribution, on sales, on sort of like what is the market available for the book for these spiritual books, and they did a lot and lot of research, 
And after a lot of research, they came back to Prabhupada. And they gave a two-hour presentation to Prabhupada, explaining how it cannot be done. That it is, Prabhupada, it's actually cannot be done because it's so big, it's so heavy, it's very expensive, you know, more, a lot of people are not ready for it, it's too advanced knowledge, so it cannot be done. So Prabhupada heard, Prabhupada said then, Prabhupada heard for the two hours, he heard the entire presentation, he didn't say anything. After the two-hour presentation, what was Prabhupada's reply? I think it can be done. So, <clears throat> and so devotees were boggled and they couldn't work it out. But as the time has progressed, we can see how devotees are starting to work out that it can be done. So last year, um, I think altogether they distributed some 45,000 Bhagavatams in last year, just for the Bhadra Purnima worldwide. And, uh, and this year the target is 55,000, but we'll surely smash it. So, <clears throat> and, uh, and yeah, we, there's so many Bhagavatams are going out. Now, why did Prabhupada want these Bhagavatams to go out? So there are many reasons, but one of the reasons that Prabhupada explains was that this is this Prabhupada's brilliant safety plan for ISKCON. What was the plan? Prabhupada said that, that even if in the future, if all the temples close down, say if there is a world war, all the temples get smashed, all the devotees leave, if everything goes and everything disappears and it all closes down, is that if one person has the Bhagavatam set, he can read it and he will know exactly what to do to start the whole ISKCON movement again. So, if there are so many books are going out, then so many people will have these books, and, and that way Prabhupada wanted that, that we make it available for everyone. And we can see that when a lot of this intelligence of the society, um, people who are, who, are, who are doing a lot of research or studies, whether it's in the Vedic culture or Western culture, it's just confusion. It's just a whole lot of confusion. There's no real clarity or the purpose for life. But when we read the Bhagavatam and we read Prabhupada's Transcendental Purports, we get a lot of clarity right from the first verse, right from the first purport. Because what comes at the end of the Bhagavad Gita or Bhagavatam comes all throughout the Bhagavatam and Bhagavad Gita. So the conclusions are given in every purport, nearly every purport, nearly every verse, nearly every page. Prabhupada tells, you know, you are not the body, you are the spirit soul, you are part of Krishna, that the goal of life is to serve Krishna. So there is no confusion at any point. And so therefore we are, we are trying to introduce this knowledge and wisdom to as many people because that was the aim of Prabhupada for him to come to the West to share this knowledge and wisdom to as many people as possible. And Prabhupada said, what can our two minutes of preaching do? People will forget. But if they have these books, they can always refer to it. They can always go back and they will read them. And that is also the intention of Prahlad Maharaj here. He's saying that that is the real solution. The real solution is not going to be finding uh, a new processor or finding a new faster, whatever. The real solution is in the Bhagavatam and in the Bhagavad Gita. So this, this transcendental literature. literature. 
and uh, it's a very special day today to distribute in the Bhagavatam in the 12th canto, 13th chapter, 13th verse. Very famous where in its Bhagavatam itself it is said that one who distributes this Bhagavatam or who gives this knowledge of Bhagavatam on the day of Bhadra Purnima become, gets, gets a ticket back to Godhead. The person who gives goes back to Godhead and the person who receives this knowledge also goes back to Godhead. <clears throat> so therefore, on this auspicious day of Bhadra Purnima today, we all can take it on us. We can all take that responsibility for ourselves and individual responsibility for each one of us to try and distribute one Bhagavatam set. So we all can distribute one Bhagavatam set. So it's very, very special and um, it's possible, as Prabhupada said. So we can do it, we can try, we can... Um, and um, there was a meeting recently and one of the devotees was mentioning that, you know, with family and with services and with everything, it's very hard to distribute Bhagavatam sets because it takes a lot of effort and time. And Vaisheshikapa was very interesting reply to that was, is that make your day Bhagavatam conscious. So somehow or other, try, wherever you go or whomever you meet, try to introduce Bhagavatam. Just try and introduce Bhagavatam and see what happens. So it was interesting, I was uh, just, day before yesterday, I was, we had to stop by at the fuel station and we put the fuel, I went to pay. And this person on the counter said, Hare Krishna. And it's very unusual that we get greeted as Hare Krishna. It's okay, Hare Krishna. And yeah, it was just a very brief conversation and uh, but then yeah, he, we, I invited him to come to the temple because he, I, I told him like, you know, it's the Bhadra Purnima and it's a very special day and you should get a Bhagavatam set. And he was like, yeah, it's difficult, no space, no money, etc. I said, no, 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 you come and have a look and just come and have a look. And he actually came and had a look and he took the set. And it was very nice, you know, so you didn't have to do much. I mean, I didn't have to do much. So he just came, he saw the books and... Krishna does the rest. So, whatever you're doing, you can just introduce Bhagavatam and say, there's this very nice books. We just need to come and have a look at it and see what you think. And uh, once they have a look at it, so many times people have, I know, I know it is a few times when, when people were yes and no, yes and no, and then when you open the box and say, this is what you're going to get, and they become surprised, oh wow, this is so good. You say, I'll get it. So, uh, yeah, so just try and introduce and try and show them the books. So with this, I'll finish. Thank you very much. If there is any, if there are any questions or comments, any corrections? Yes, Paul. We have mic. Hare Krishna Prabhu, nice class. It's so amazing to know that uh, today whoever um, distributes Bhagavatam on Bhajapurna, he will get uh, he'll get a ticket uh, back to home, back to Godhead. It's really amazing. So I'm thinking to give call to all my friends whoever I know. So what shall I say to them? Shall I say that um, if you get the Bhagavatam, Lord will come at your home? Or what is the punchline? Like say a few liner if you can tell um, so that uh, you know we try to convince them, try to um, uh, you know, have more and more Bhagavatam at people's uh, home. Okay, so there are quite a few things that you can say depending on your own realization and your own inspiration. Some of the things that, um, that you can say <coughs> is one is that uh, 
is explained in the Shvetashvatara Upanishad how the whole Bhagavatam is like Krishna's literary incarnation, right? So the, that's literally the form of Srimad Bhagavatam, uh, um, of Krishna. The Bhagavatam is the form of Krishna, where the first and the second canto represent Krishna's feet, and like, you know, as the Bhagavatam cantos, you know, as we progress in our cantos, it's like going through Krishna's different parts of Krishna's body. And the tenth canto is Krishna's lotus face, smiling face. Twelfth canto is crown, so like that. So you can say like this is, this Bhagavatam is Krishna's literary form. And by taking these books at home, you're bringing the deity of Krishna at home. So you can actually worship them, you can offer your food to them. So this is very, very special. And just the vibrations of these books at home is that it will make everything auspicious. Mm-hmm. There's one thing you can say also, just this verse in itself, if we can just read this verse saying that by just getting these books, you're buying a ticket back to Godhead. So buying a ticket to India for a family is not very cheap, correct? Mm. Uh, buying a ticket back to Godhead is also not very cheap. But now we are doing it for 300. <laughs> <laughs> so, so take a set for yourself and you are securing a ticket for yourself and for me also. <laughs> mm. okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, and there's, there's more. You can, you can, of course, share your own realization of what Bhagavatam has done in your own life, how it has transformed our lives, how it has transformed our children, uh, the pastimes of the stories in it, how, how they are so much more wonderful than many of the comic books or superheroes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, in that way, it's, uh, it's a very, very nice books to have. And to have them on today, on a very special day, is very, very special. So... Jai, we'll get on to it. Yeah. Hare Krishna. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Yes, sir. Prabhuji, you were saying that Prabhupada said in the purport that if you're in a good condition or a bad condition, both are bad. So my question is, what's the right type of condition that you have to be in? How does it work and what do you have to do to go into that condition? What is the right condition then? Right condition is what Prahlad Maharaj is saying here. Is to be engaged in Krishna consciousness. This is the right condition. Be here, sitting in the Bhagavatam class. is a good condition. <coughs> the, mat- <coughs> the material condition comes with a lot of um, um, conditions. Comes with a lot of uh, entanglement. But the spiritual life, or Krishna conscious life, is happiness, is satisfying. So there is, when one is properly engaged in Krishna consciousness, one is satisfied, one is very peaceful. When you have, we can see in our own life, on the days when we have good quality chanting, done in the morning, the life, our, our mind is quite peaceful. Even though we have the same problems that we had yesterday or the day before, because of a good chanting, the problems seem to affect less, have a less effect on us. <coughs> we can see that when we read Bhagavatam regularly on everyday basis, then we see that our mind is starting to become more and more peaceful. And uh, if no one has experienced that, then that definitely should. 
should uh, give themselves the opportunity to experience that. By reading Bhagavatam every day, by reading at least an hour, hour and a half every day, you can see how your mind starts to transform and, and become peaceful. So, it's a good condition, it's a healthy condition. Thank you, Radhaji. Thank you. Yes. Hare Krishna Prabhupada, thank you for the nice class. Prabhupada, you mentioned our solutions of problems in this material world gives a rise to bigger and worse problems. And you've given multiple examples. But Prabhu, I'd like to ask, what's the solution? I mean, do we not plan anything? Do we not do anything to solve our problems, thinking that our planning and solution will give bigger problems? Sometimes we also see when we have, we, when we plan, we do something, problems sometimes become less and sometimes they even get eradicated. Like we see when we're sick, we have to take the medicine. By reading Srimad Bhagavatam, doing chanting, won't cure our sickness. And when we take that Panadol, we completely become like normal as before. So. Yes. Yeah, I was hoping someone will ask this. <laughs> so it's a very, <coughs> it's very true. And um, it is a frequently asked question that if, uh, if we say that do the material solutions not work at all? Well, actually, they do. The Panadol will fix your headache. It will give you some problems on a longer run. Uh, because Panadols do give problems, actually. You know, it, the, 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 anyway, not, we'll not get into that. But it's, but you, you, we have these immediate solutions and sometimes it is required for our practice of Krishna Consciousness and so we do that. A long-term problem for any material solution generally would have some effect, if not immediate then at least delayed effect. But for now we need to solve the headache so we can finish our chanting or so we can read or so we can attend our school or do our service. So to fix that problem, we sometimes have to go for a material solution. And we try and find the best solution available. Unless we are someone like Prabhupada or Bhaktivinoda Thakur who can just chant or read Bhagavatam and have no more problem. All the headaches are gone. You know, Bhakti Siddhan Saraswati Thakur will say, you know, he, he would never take a medicine. And uh, even when he was very, very sick, when the devotees will beg him, will request him, please take the medicine, it will solve this disease. Prabhupada said, no, the holy name is the only medicine, and I'll just take that. He could do that because he was at that point of realization. He had that realization and because of that it would work for him. But because we don't have that realization, we, it might not so much work for us. <clears throat> so therefore we do what is required for the time being, but we don't forget what is the real remedy, what is the real solution, and who is the real doctor. So our real remedy is the holy name, and the real doctor is Lord Chaitanya, giving us this remedy. Thank you, Prabhupada. Thank you. Okay, so thank you very much. Grantra Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai, Badra Purnima ki jai, Shri Bhopad ki jai. <laughs>